0: This is the Big K Morning Show. Welcome, Larry Richard with Marty Griffin. Marty back tomorrow after his holiday vacation in studio with me, Susie Cool, part of our news team. And this is a very big news day mm-hmm. in the city of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County in particular. Sarah Inamorato will be inaugurated, and we are with Abigail Garner, who is the incoming communications director. For Allegheny County. Congratulations, Abigail.
1: Thank you. Good morning. It's great to be with you.
0: A big day. So let's kind of detail for us what people can expect today. What's Sarah's schedule like?
1: Sure. Well, she's already in the office. Um, we want to thank outgoing County Executive Rich Fitzgerald for providing such a smooth transition. So some of us have been in our offices for a few days and we're getting settled and you know, getting our laptops set up, um, and then we got to hit the ground running. So she will be sworn in at the Biome Theater at noon today. There will be some speeches, some performances. She does the official oath of office on the Bible, all the stuff people expect. Um, so we're looking forward to celebrating that with about a thousand of our friends and neighbors from all across Allegheny County.
2: What has the planning been like for you, being the communications person on this project and this new initiation for the county?
3: Well,
1: uh, luckily there's a team. So yeah. I think Larry might know Gina, who's a wonderful event planner, who's been helping us with all the details for inauguration to make sure it looks great, to make sure we're having, you know, people from all over the county participating in it. So big shout-out to Gina and her team and, and some other folks Um, you know, the biome and others who are helping make today special. Um, For me, you know, I'm trying to get settled in. I'm replacing Amy Downs, who was in this role for 12 years. And I think everybody knows she was the hardest working woman in the county. So I have a lot to learn about all the different departments and agencies and, you know, what people look to the communications director to do and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything from the social media to reports we put out to announcements from Sarah um of which we will have many in the coming days and weeks.
0: And we have seen a very diverse group of people that Sarah <clears throat> has reached out to to join her team and transition team. What has that process been like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we are proud to say that we have the biggest most diverse transition this county's ever seen. There are hundreds of people lending their expertise and time and talent to the transition committee. We have a few different groups on it. There is a group that's leading, we call our talent committee, they're leading hiring. So we have some really important positions at the county that need to be filled. Um, Lots of agency directors were in interim or acting positions, right? So these positions were open. So we're doing lots of interviews for those key hires. And then our other group we're calling the All in Allegheny group, and that's where we have hundreds of folks. Lending their expertise on issues from public safety to housing to transportation and infrastructure, you know, open government, and they are helping us with policy recommendations for things that the county can do. And they're also helping us with community outreach because we want their expertise, but it doesn't end there. We want to hear literally from people all over the county to tell us how government could work better for them, whether that's, you know, mass transit. Um, or Health and Human Services. Uh, So we've launched a community survey. It's on Sarah's transition website, which is Allegheny for All. And we want to hear from everybody on what county government can do to make your life better.
2: Keeping on the topic of diversity, you have Sarah getting inaugurated today. You have this really diverse team of people backing her up. Why is it maybe so important for Allegheny County right now to see this diversity Um, now leading them?
1: Well, that's a great question. You know, I think when we think about what a wonderful place Pittsburgh is and we think about how Pittsburgh makes lists of, you know, best places to live and people who are from here are so proud and love it and love our traditions, we also have to keep in mind that not everybody has benefited the same. Not everybody is having the same experience. And there's also data you know, and indicators that sometimes we're not the best place to live for people. So I think it's important. I think Sarah thinks it's important that people in leadership positions and in government have this diversity of experiences, you know, where they're from, um, where they live, their racial background, their religious background, you know, whether they were born here or not, right? There's lots of different perspectives that we need that are going to make the government better and be able to serve everybody of Allegheny County better.
0: Is there a priority list right now? What's the most pressing issue, do you believe, that Sarah will have to deal with and manage right from the get-go?
1: Well, there is certainly not just one. (laughs) Um, I think think you're going to see that in just the next 30 days, we're going to come out with announcements and policy priorities on a big range of issues. I know in her inauguration speech today, she's going to talk about the urgency of filling positions at the county government. You know, we have a thousand open positions. And while unemployment is at, you know, a historic low in Allegheny County, which is great, we also know that there are people who haven't returned to work since COVID, that some people are still on the sidelines. We want to make the county government a great place for anybody who wants to come work. So, you know, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about homelessness services about housing um there will be lots of things in the in the next few weeks that we'll be making announcements about
0: well a historic day for sarah Inamorado in allegheny county abigail garner the incoming communications director for the county working hand-in-hand with sarah good luck to you what's your background what brought you to this point
1: um Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to bore you with my whole life story, but I'm from here, born and raised in the North Hills, and I have worked in government and on campaigns on and off for about 20 years now. Um, So I've worked in government before I worked for a governor of New York. I worked for a member of Congress, um, and I've had my own public affairs firm, so I've been a consultant, more private sector for the last 12 years, but I was really inspired you know, honestly, the diversity is important to me. That we're going to have our first woman county executive. That there's a new generation of leadership. Um, as an elder millennial myself, you know, I thought it was important to come back and do public service and to step up and lend my my talents and my time and try to make Allegheny County an even—it's already a great place, but an even better place. Um, and I'm really honored that Sarah's given me the chance to work on her team.
0: Well, good luck to you. Appreciate the time on a very busy morning and we will look forward to talking to you many times in the future.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Tell Marty I said hi and we'll talk to you soon.
0: You got it.
2: Thank you, Abigail.
0: Bye. Abigail Garner, Communications Director for Allegheny County. And it is a very big historic day here and what Sarah does in the future will resonate for years to come. And every Tuesday in our 9 o'clock hour, we check in with Lynn Hayes Freeland. Marty's off this morning. He'll be back with me tomorrow. Lynn Susie cool. I was trying to give her your background. I said you broke ground as a reporter on television, 40 years uh, doing what you did and then doing uh, all the other things in addition, but having a chance after all these years to kind of talk about without being a journalist, you know, where you are to remain neutral, right? You have opinions about things and can talk about stories of the day, right?
4: Oh, um, Larry, that's also an interesting perspective because when you've spent your whole career just reporting the facts, and now all of a sudden you have an opportunity to have an opinion and to voice that opinion, that's a slippery slope because (laughs) what I've learned is a lot of people just want you to tell them the facts. They don't want your opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, well.
4: <laughs> if, it, if it differs from theirs,
0: right. they don't want to hear it. Yeah, I love when people say, oh, I'm open-minded, unless you don't think like me. Which, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and then you get that percentage of people that are trolls or whatever. They, they just sit back and snipe at everything. You know, You have to dismiss those people. And this is good information, Susie, as your career progresses, because you can't focus on that.
2: No, you can't. I I've had I've had some things before pop up working for sports teams where, you know, I've always worked directly for a team, so I'm never gonna say anything bad about my players or my team. Well, you're a
0: homer then, right?
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, you got <laughs> I, when you're with the team. Yes, you have to be. You but are a homer. I, I I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll never forget Uka Pekalukin, and he's a goaltender and the Sabre system, and he only had like 40 American hockey league games before he got pushed up to the Sabres, which is just crazy in itself. That doesn't happen. And um, I stood behind him after he had like a bad start and I just got like lambasted. Yeah. So I get it.
0: Lynn, uh, this is a good opportunity because in many ways you broke ground in this city, as I was sharing with Susie as a woman and television news and, and what you've done it's a historic day in Allegheny County, is it not?
4: Well, it really is. And I was just listening to your conversation with um, her press person. Um, and I mean, I think it's very exciting. I think that the fact that uh, Sarah is going to be sworn in today, it's a new face. It's a new voice. It's a young face. It's a young voice. And I am frustrated and somewhat saddened by a lot of the negative things I see on social media for just the very reasons that I'm describing, because she's young, because she's new, because she's a woman. Um, I hate to say it, but in 2023, there's still a segment of our society that is not ready for women to be in leadership roles. And guess what? You better get over it because we're here to stay.
2: I, I, and I said this earlier, You know, don't even focus on her being a woman. You mentioned just her being young. How do you think that this might spruce things up a little bit?
4: Well, I think it's going to be interesting and I think it's going to take some time. A couple of years ago, a political analyst said to me that it takes 10 to 12 years after an elected official leaves office to really assess what their legacy is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that there are some people who are going to judge her within the first six months, mm-hmm. within the first year, without even factoring in what she is inheriting within Allegheny County. There are a lot of challenges there, let's be clear. And they're not challenges that developed overnight. She's not going to be able to solve them overnight. So I think that she will get a lot of pushback because she's 37 years old. Pittsburgh is very much... Um, There's no political politically correct way for me to say this, but Pittsburgh politics has traditionally, you know, other than like Sophie Maslow, been dominated by white males. So now you got Ed Gainey in the mayor's office. And I know there's mixed reactions to Ed as the mayor. But again, I think it's too soon to determine whether or not he's being effective.
0: Yeah, long term. uh, But in the meantime, You know, Shelby Cassese said something, and it really resonated with me. As a woman, she said when she was in sports, and, of course, she's done television news, too, as well as work in our newsroom here and still maintain, you know, a foot in the door with our sports station and and otherwise with what we do with high school sports. But she said just because you're a woman, sometimes you're criticized or the focus is so acute that mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, then it's amplified just because you're a woman. Is that how you feel? Who me? Yeah. I mean, does that have.
4: Oh, without a doubt. I remember the first uh, press conference I went to um, at the public safety department and the chief of police says, let's take a question from the little girl here in the front. Oh, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm thinking he's not possibly talking about this 40. I was 40 something then. um, And everybody looked at me because they all knew he was talking about me, but I didn't. (laughs) And I was so appalled at that. And, and those kinds of things happen all the time. You mentioned sports. I remember the early days when women were allowed in the locker rooms, that was not a comfortable place. And whether it was the Steelers or excuse me, the Pens, they made it very clear. They didn't want us there and they would do things that would be questionable at best in any company, let alone the company of a female. So yeah, you got, you have to have very, very tough skin. Because they, the world doesn't make it easy.
0: And I would imagine, Sarah, you know, the criticism of Sarah going in was she's way too liberal and the county is going to collapse, which obviously ah. is an extreme. But there's a percentage of people in that corner that are like, OK, well, let's see how fast it takes until it does.
4: Oh, there are people who are literally just waiting for that. And let's be clear, too. You know, there's a, a segment of our society that resists change of any kind. They don't like change. They like things to stay. Oh, well, you know, this is the way we've always done it. Well, it's always been this way. Sarah represents change. And change can be uncomfortable, but that doesn't make it bad.
2: It, when you look at Sarah and... um. Every, everything that she's about. I mean, her her slogan is an Allegheny County for all. What do you think is going to be her biggest impact upon her inauguration?
4: Well, you know, I, I think that uh, it's going to take some time, first of all. I mean, I think she has a lot of challenges. I think that housing is a big issue in Allegheny County, and there is a domino effect to the growing number of unhoused in this area. She's going to have to deal with that. And when you talk about Allegheny County for all, that means dealing with the housing issue. I am, I just want to take note of the fact that as much as people talk about they're not coming downtown, they won't go downtown for anything. It seems to me there were about 10,000 plus people downtown on first night. I didn't hear of any problems down there, Mm -hmm. but we still continue to talk about this crime wave that we're seeing maybe folks need to really sit back and look at the numbers because the numbers may actually tell a different story than the perception
0: we'll have more with lynn hayes freeland coming up on the big k morning show this is the big k morning show larry richard with marty griffin he'll be back tomorrow with me susie cool's been hanging out how you doing how you holding up i'm good yeah
2: i I did get a, a smidge spacey during the last commercial break, <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> and every
0: Tuesday at this time, we also check in with Lynn Hayes Breeland. Lynn, how are you doing? How was your holiday?
4: You know what? It was a good holiday, uh, Larry. It was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a different holiday for us, uh, for my family. As you know, I lost my dad yeah. um, in the fall of last year, so it was the first holiday without him. Uh, on the one hand, we had lots of uh, fond memories, fun stories to talk about, and we did a lot of that. And then I think the other reality for me was, with the death of my father, I became the matriarch of my fa- of my family. So that's been um, that's been an adjustment as well. You know, I was always used to having the elders in my family, and now I'm the elder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a sobering moment
4: it is it really is um and it takes some reflection you know you have to look at the things that were passed on to you the things that you were taught and my dad was kind of like the person that everyone went to for opinions for the wisdom for him to weigh in on things and I, You know, my first thought was, I'm not up to that task. But guess what? you got to get up to these tasks.
2: Did people come to you with questions this holiday season or just, you know, <clears throat> needed advice or a shoulder to lean on?
4: Absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of things. Well, first of all, you know, the, my grandchildren were struggling with the loss of Pop Pop. Um, and one of them is too young to understand. Actually, two of them are too young to understand death. So you're trying to present this in a way that they can comprehend and not make them sad. And, you know, they're just little things, you know, like, uh, you know, we're thinking about this house. What do you think? What you know, what makes sense? And I was I was overwhelmed for a a few minutes there.
0: Well, you bring up a great point, and that is the holidays represent a lot of bittersweet moments for a Mm -hmm. lot of people Yours in mm-hmm. is certainly understandable, the first Christmas without dad, and uh, that's powerful. But it also brings up a lot of anxiety, too, that the holidays generally bring, even if it's being forced to be with people over the course <laughs> of time that maybe you don't always get along with, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, of course, looking at a new year after going through a pretty challenging year, uh, what's the future hold? So you... Now, Lynn, are the voice of reason.
4: Yeah, and that's kind of scary for the rest of the people in my family. (laughs) I mean, I say that jokingly, but uh, it does change your perspective, um, and it makes you reevaluate what you believe, and the beliefs that you want to pass on to future generations. I mean, I listened to the guests that you had on earlier, and one of the conversations I had with my granddaughter over, over the holiday was this whole concept of good manners and what mm-hmm. constitutes good manners. And number one, I felt like it was the first time she ever even heard that term, uh, which was a revelation in itself. But you know, these are the things that get passed from one generation to the next and so i felt a much larger responsibility
2: and when you look ahead i guess to 2024 i mean i guess we're in 2024 now it's january 2nd larry tell me to knock it off there's 365 days in a year okay? well
0: 360, this 366 this year who's counting
4: 366. yeah uh, i heard that
2: conversation yeah okay you know
4: and we don't we
2: need we can't bring it back we don't up. have to go there, there we no, got to look at it yeah um were were you excited to turn the page to 2024, just after you know,
3: 2023?
4: Um, you know what I was. I got to tell you, you know, and everybody has these, you know, all these um, resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm mm-hmm. going to go to the gym. Well, I got an electric bike, okay, and I am so excited about starting to bike ride again. Um, we just got it all put together uh, yesterday. And it's actually going to be warm enough for me to ride the bike today. So I'm very excited about it. And I'm excited about the possibilities that the new year brings. Um, I do agree, just like when you said about the number of days in a year, we have to put these, you know, at some point we have to look forward because 2023 is over. Whether we had a good year or a bad year, it's over. So if nothing else, I am excited about the possibilities that 2024 brings, whether it's my bike, whether it's a a new county executive. Um, The other thing, and we haven't really had a chance to talk about it, I'm kind of amazed at some of the new laws that are going into effect in Pennsylvania, you know, like this making porch pirates a felony. Um, uh, There are just so many new laws coming on the books that I think it's going to be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, that, uh, I always am interested in the new laws. They kick in, and most people are unaware of them. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, so you have to know them, right? And I would imagine there are some laws that are on the books now that, remember, you can read a detailed list of laws that currently are on the books that make no application mm-hmm. or sense in this day and age, Right.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think they've become at some point obsolete. But I'll tell you one that I think is going to be interesting, especially given the challenges of police departments, not just in Pittsburgh, but across the country to recruit new officers. Changing some of the physical requirements for police officers, I think, is going to end up being very interesting. Not a major change, you know, but things like how long or how far they can run, bench press sit-ups. Those are all things that I think are going to become an issue.
0: Yeah, they well, the the criticism is you're lowering the standards, but right, right, they're doing that because they can't get enough men and women to sign up
4: to sign up, right? And I know that, uh, you know, some departments have changed the educational requirements, uh, for police officers. I just think that this whole thing, you know, given uh, the way we as society focus on our police our relationships with the police department expectations. I think this is all going to be very interesting to watch.
2: What do you think is going to be the most interesting, though?
4: Of everything? Or yeah. In terms of, of every- the police department?
2: Um, I think of everything. Like, if you, if you got to look well, ahead to 2024, you talk about all these new laws. What's going what's gonna to be the most interesting thing to fold out?
4: Well, I think what's going to be most interesting is going to be the Supreme Court. I think that the Supreme Court um, is going to have to make some decisions that affect, uh, you know, a lot of times we don't pay attention to what the Supreme Court does. Um, But this year, 2024, uh, and probably early in 2024, I think the Supreme Court is going to have to make some decisions that's going to make a lot of people angry.
0: And you're referring to (laughs) something in particular
4: well, I mean, you know, let's say, you know, the Supreme Court is going to have to make some decisions about, <clears throat> excuse me, former President uh, Donald Trump, uh, this whole idea of some states saying he can't be on the ballot. How that Supreme Court weighs in on that affects every state in the union. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it affects what some people perceive as the future of democracy in this country. And this is a very interesting Supreme Court that will be making that decision. So you roll all of that up into one ball, and uh, it has the potential to be a ball drop.
0: High drama. You're right. Absolutely. those appointees, Donald Trump was able to appoint uh, a record number of Judges on the bench at the Supreme Court, so it'll be interesting to see how that all rolls out. So intrigue and uh, <laughs> excitement. Lynn Hayes Preland's e-bike. Uh, anyone that lives near her, just caution.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, really. Lynn's- yeah, I mean,
2: with the with the e-bike, you do have the option to pedal at your own will at points, right?
4: Like, oh, you push absolutely yourself? Do Okay. It. Yeah, it has three levels. It is like a manual, you know, just like a typical bike, and then there's something called pedal assist. So if you're going up a hill, then you just want a little bit of help going up the hill. And then there it is completely electric. So if you just want to coast along, so you have the option and you can control that as you ride.
0: Well, you go, Lynn. And (laughs) And yes, I got a helmet.
4: I got a helmet. Just so we're clear. We'll (laughs)
0: talk to you next week. Thank you.
4: All right, guys. Have a good one. Lynn
0: Hayes Freeland. Coming up, 10 until 2, it's the Paul Zeiss Radio Broadcast. Saturday night I was in Oakmont Mm -hmm. and I went to see, it's an Earth, Wind & Fire tribute band, right? Yes. It's called uh, Let's Groove Tonight, that's the name of the band. I get out of my car and guess who's the first person I see?
2: I already know the answer. Paul Zeiss. But, it is Paul Zeiss, yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey Larry, what are you doing here? Same thing you are. I like Earth, Wind & Fire too, so (laughs) Paul will be here. And uh, we thank Paul for filling in much of the time while Marty and I were off. Marty returns tomorrow, and Susie, you'll be in the newsroom, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I will be in the newsroom reporting tomorrow. I'm even going to the Hopper House tomorrow night.
0: What's going on there? Uh. Oh, you're doing one of your social I'm, media yeah, visits? Yeah, I'm doing one of my
2: social media visits. Wait a I'm...
0: minute. Wait a minute. How did this come about where one of your first social media assignments is checking out all these – Cool places to hang out at night. You know,
2: it's weird. It's it, You bring ideas, and sometimes people say no, and sometimes people say yes.
0: Where have you visited so far?
2: I have been. So last month, me and Kilberger, um, or Kilberger and I, we went to a bunch of the Christmas pop-up bars. Right. Um. So unfortunately, those are no longer because it's the new year. But tomorrow, we're going to the Hoffer House. We're going to try to do something with Pirates Fest, and then we're going to go to a lot of breweries this month because, fun fact, a lot of younger people, they are it's not that they're not drinking, but they're not doing it as much, and they're turning towards mocktails or dry January, whatever it is. So a lot of breweries are doing mocktail menus or dry January menus. It's so,
0: interesting you, you mentioned dry January. Mm-hmm. Does it really work? Check this out.
3: Cutting back on the booze is always a big New Year's resolution and many are determined to make this first month of January an entirely sober one. But according to several studies, while 41% of adults tried a dry January last year, only about 16% stuck with it. Experts say though, skipping the alcohol, even for just a short period of time, can have some big health benefits. A University of Sussex study found that those who embark on dry January reported better sleep felt more energetic and many say they Lost weight and had better skin. Stacy Lynn, CBS News.
0: Better skin. That's not one I would have thought of.
2: Oh my goodness, really?
0: Better skin.
2: Drinking makes you so inflamed, Larry. <laughs> Apparently.
0: <laughs> well, how about this? Snoop Dogg, speaking of drinking, is headed to France.
3: Okay. Why? <laughs> Snoop Dogg may switch up from the gin and juice to fine French wine when he's a special correspondent for the Olympics this summer in Paris. He'll attend the competitions, explore landmarks, and interview athletes and their families. Snoop said in his statement, let's elevate, celebrate, and make these games unforgettable. Smoke the competition, and may the best shine like gold. The Olympic Games in Paris begin July 26. Stacy Lynn, CBS News.
0: So, the Snoop man, he's hanging out with Martha Stewart. He's changed the whole I, I think the industry
2: I feel like Snoop Dogg is one of those people just that just has like never aged I feel like he looks exactly the same now as he did when I was like 12
0: yeah he was he's, <laughs> he's been around a long time he's into everything guys killing it meantime so you're gonna be at the Hoffbrow house tomorrow
2: Pirates Fest hopefully two phrase brewery next week and then someone else reached out as well Um, but oh, and then Wiggle Whiskey this weekend.
0: Wow, it's a tough assignment. I I know.
2: I hate whenever my schedule gets to loaded up, Larry.
0: Loaded is the (laughs) operative word. So, (laughs) for those that don't know, the Hofbrow House is on the south side of the river near the Hot Metal Bridge.
2: So the whole reason why they want us to come tomorrow is apparently they're doing this big keg tapping, and they're rolling out an entirely new food menu. So. They got us a table. They they're gonna give us the food. They're gonna give us beer, and then they wanted me to stay for the cake tapping. And who am I, Larry? Who am I to say no when somebody asks should. me? Well,
0: that. it wouldn't be a good report if you no. Couldn't
2: I need to see stay like,
0: for the ending. Yes. Is uh, Pat Septek, our news editor, going to be there? Because he's very familiar <laughs> and comfortable with the uh,
2: Pat. Do you want to come along?
0: Atmosphere, Hofbrow House. You could wear your leader hosen, Pat, for the big tapping. <laughs> With that be <laughs> uh, hey Joe, Joe Starkey from the fan. Have you ever seen you've seen Pat play as accordion, right? His leader hosing video from September from Oktoberfest went viral. He now has Daphne Turner chasing him from oh Slippery my goodness, Rock. Oh Daphne. yeah. Daphne. Yeah. So the Hofbrow House tomorrow. Check out Susie Cool. Thanks for hanging out with me this morning.
2: Thanks for having me, Larry.
0: I got to say, you're better looking than Marty. Let's be honest. <laughs> Marty You always say, let's be honest. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Larry. Stick around. We've got Paul Zeiss coming in next with the Earth, Wind, and Fire, at least the music of.